It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here, as always, with Zerlina Maxwell. We are joined right now by two costume designers who have more Emmy, Tony, and Oscar nominations between them for us to introduce them all. It would take the entire segment. That is how venerated these two women are. Jacqueline West and Ariane Phillips, thank you so much for being with us this morning. Oh, it's so good Pleasure. to be here. No, it's it's great to talk to you. And I, I all I want to do is talk to you about the movies that you have done. I want to talk to Jacqueline about Dune. I want to talk to Ariane about like you've made the costumes for all of my favorite things. I know we talked about Paint Girl off camera. You also did Hedwig. Anyway, point is, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to talk about some other business before we can get into the fun work of creating characters and making them come to life. And that is getting paid to do that. So why don't I start with Ariane? Can can you sort of set up the pay equity issue that costume designers are facing right now? We've heard a little bit of it at the Oscars just the other night. Um, what's the state of play here? Yeah, absolutely. So there's 1,200 members. We're, we belong to a guild, Costume Designers Guild 892, underneath IATSE, which is the larger international alliance of theatrical um and stage stage workers so that's our union and we have our um our own craft like the the costume guild is underneath that umbrella and we are um department heads as costume designers and our job is based on an on-call position which means that we um we aren't on set all the time because we're often preparing the next day or the next week's work or the next two weeks work. We're on and off set. The only other uh, department that is an on-call creative department head are the production designers. And production designers, um, we as a guild, the Costume Designers Guild, we are 84% women. It's mm-hmm. an incredible tribe of women to belong to and, and so many amazing talents. And, you know, the production designers who, you know, we who work in the same way that we do are actually 80% male. So they are predominantly male and they they're use this is all based on a union base scale rate um, because everybody's rates are negotiable. So the their base scale rate is 30% higher than ours. So wow. we are at a disadvantage. So this is really about a va- about value. And you know, optic wise, in, in turn, you know, speaking to value, this is also permeates just Every aspect of uh, our job from um, not having ownership of our designs to, uh, you know, reflected in our pay. And the, and the way that it is now is that our pay structure directly informs our, our pension, health and welfare. We pay into for our, um, our health care and for our pension. And that's based on our rates. And at this rate, the way that 
the industry is now with so much content streaming, not only are we can't pipeline people fast enough into the business because we have so much going on, but our ability to retire and when you're looking at head, ahead is, is, uh, mar is marginalized because we have to work, you know, on call, we don't make an hourly wage, we make a weekly rate. And we're the heads of our department. So underneath us, we have uh, a costume supervisor, set customers, there's all these incredible skilled, talented people who work with us to help realize the, the vision um, from sewers to makers to, and they belong to a different guild, 705. They work based on hourly rate. So they have baked into their deals over time, meal penalties, a lot of earning potential. We have a finite earning potential. We are in a flat. So we just have to get the work done no matter what. So if they can only fly an actor in on a Sunday and they have to work Monday morning, we, you know, we have to do that. We have to make that happen. So um, at this rate, it has become pretty, pretty much um, not sustainable in terms of having a quality of life, a living wage, and um, looking forward to our retirement. So this is something that we need to change now, and if not now, for our future generations. You know, I can say for myself, and I'm sure for Jacqueline, who's here as well, that, you know, we are at the point in our careers where we um, are negotiated well above union-based scale. But we're here to advocate for people that are just coming into the business and also to even the playing field. Why do you think that what you do is undervalued compared to production design? And I think like we all probably would giggle <laughs> um, because like, you know, we know, we know. why. Um, <laughs> women's um, but, work, right? They just right, go right, shopping. Right. It's, it's women's work, right? But, yeah. but even substantively. I work with an, I've done 10 movies with an iconic production designer who I consider my dear, dear friend, right? We actually see each other socially. You know, I visit them on holidays often. And he always gets upset because it's all on the actors. And right. they might work on a set for you know, weeks and months, one set, and then the camera comes in and this is what you see. And it's yeah. just the headshot with the blurred background. <laughs> yeah, or the entire costume with the blurred right. Exactly. background. Yeah. Yeah. And we're really front and center on camera. And we're just as important because we are creating the character that's in that room and the stories about the character, not about the room. Right. Yeah. And so, it's, I always say if the sound goes out, you know, how are you going to know who you're looking at, where they come from, what, you know, where you are, what, what the time period is. And you get all these visual clues to the storytelling through the costume. And of course, a costume, I always say is like a beam me up suit for the actor so yeah. that the actor can access that character and, and kind of get there. Well, it's so the bridge I, to the character, the costume. I've always felt the first fitting of an actor is the bridge to the character. And films are about characters. You know, they're not about rooms. Yes, setting is important. Creating, you know, the the right the right era with the cars and you know the decor. But really, it's all about 
the the um, development of the character and his arc within the story, and the clothes really really tell that. Uh, you know, and they also reveal the inner riches of that character. Um, you know, the character might be in a room that he had nothing to do with. You know, uh, it might not be his choices, but his clothes are. Right. Yeah. Well, right. and but I, I do think, Selena, it is going back to the optics of women, you know, oh, you just go shopping, you know, the, the amount of, you know, we work with a lot of producers and sometimes directors and people that really just, just we create this, the, the costumes show up and they don't even know like how it's done and the process and the time from, you know, you can see behind me, I have swatches to, you know, it, sourcing and, and building and all the hands and talented craftspeople that go into creating, sourcing these garments. So it really is an antiquated, um, old fashioned way that this structure, this kind of power structure in Hollywood, uh, this is a, to me, it is, it's, it's about time. We need to change. It needs, we need to equalize. Everyone needs to be, it, this is about value. And this is where culture is at now. You know, we, we are so inspired by Megan Rapino and the women's uh, soccer team and the WNBA and across industries, not just the film industry, talking domestic workers, tech, you know, this is a time when, you know, this is ridiculous. 2022, we need to be on equal footing. So we're just asking for equal pay to the production designers and to be on a base scale rate so that everybody is equal because it's about value. We were talking um, before uh, we joined the Zoom, just via text, um, about just because you, you mentioned Halloween costumes before you went on air as well. And I was thinking about like Comic-Con and cosplay and um, you know, we mentioned Dune. And I just think also costuming, particularly with, with so many of these sort of like male dominated genres, like people don't associate that with women leading the way in terms of the costumes design and, and, and really the feel of these entire billion dollar generating uh, movie franchises, right? I mean, can so you talk true. about, like, I just like actually have a question about like, talk about what it does take. I mean, how do you go from swatches to what we see in Dune? Because it's, it, it feels like um, if that, the process of that is undervalued, then that is a crime, <laughs> right? <laughs> because because it's, it's so clear that what you are doing is creating a piece that allows the art artistic vision to actually happen. The costume without the costumes, there would be no movie. Or no toys. No toys. No Halloween costumes. Right. No toys. Yeah. And um it, it is, you know. It, we are 84% women and we have a few good men. So I will say that we have some really <laughs> incredible um, men who are part of our part of our guild. But uh, Jackie, maybe you want to speak to that a little bit about the process and that we go to? Well, it's a, you know, it's a lengthy process. It usually starts with research and you do a lot. You start talking to your concept artist and making that research like on dune i i used really medieval references a lot of them had to then translate that into the future so 
I had to strip it down and, and modernize it a bit, simplify it. So then you work with your concept artist and you start putting pictures in front of the director and get his reaction. And then you start the process of sourcing. Um, when you get an approval on something, then you start sourcing the fabrics. And getting back to uh, that hourly pay scale versus a flat rate, the people I feel the most for really are my assistant designers who work deep into the night for a flat rate, especially at the initial, you know, up to fitting the actors. It's, it's grueling. The hours are grueling. And uh, the rate is, I never felt uh, it's a proper compensation. Uh, even on even on big films and people who are established as, as good ACDs, they're really underrated. Yeah. And you really this rep, uh, Sorry, sorry, not to No, go ahead. Um, so in, the, in our guild, it's costume designers and assistant costume designers um, yeah. and illustrators, but um, illustrators actually make an hourly. So, um, but it's costume designers and assistant costume designers. So. Yeah, that's the issue. And like, Ariane said, we're at a point in our career that our agents negotiate our salaries and we, you know, we're, we're sought after enough that we can, you know, hold out for a certain dollar amount, but young people coming up and the assistant costume designers don't have that kind of clout. You can fight for them for an, to an extent, but you can't really get them out of this locked in kind of, uh, the producers won't go for it. They have a locked in rate that is, you know, kind of established and, and not good compensation. But this anyway, is an interesting pay equity process, challenge because it's, it's like, we're not talking about paying women costume designers less than paying men costume designers. We're talking about devaluing the entire profession because yes. it is largely women. Right, it's a distinction. Because the men in our guild are trapped into the and same. It's a profession, but also, you know, we often, most of the time, uh, the costume supervisors who are, if you were to think of a costume designer being the director of our department, the people we hire to help the, with the logistics and the running of the department, we call like the producers of the costume department are the wardrobe supervisors who are in a separate union and separate guild. And they make hourly and oftentimes they'll make more than us um, yeah. when it comes down to it. So uh, a lot of people, the set customers who work with us on set, who are just taking care of the actors on set with continuity, they will make more than we will. And certainly more than the assistant costume designers because of their, their, their earning potential with overtime and uh, all these different things called meal penalties and, and all these different ways that um, people are compensated on the shooting team. So that is not uncommon. As a matter of fact, costume designers make less than art directors who are below the cost uh, the production designers. So if you we have this, we've generated um, well, initially, the Annenberg Institute at USC created this um, uh, gender pay scale in terms of all the departments. And then we took it further and broke it down um, across our industry and, you know, from the set position. So you, you can actually see it. It's it's 
it's really um, humbling. And so we, we decided, we came together, we had to do something about this. We started this um, effort about three years ago, although we've been, it's been a conversation apparently that's been going on way before, um, since back in the day, Edith Head did not own her own designs, you know? So oh. there, you know, there is, this is something that has been um, an antiquated, I think optic in terms of, you know, what costumes are and the value that we bring. And we know now with the internet and social media and all the merchandising that, um, you know, we, in terms of marketing films, costumes are front and center. Unfortunately, we, you know, we're, we, it's probably a long, you know, we believe that we should be, um, compensated at least brought into that conversation if we can't make royalties we should at least be consulted or credited which at this point we are not all it would be nothing for a studio to give a small percentage to the designers or even a flat fee just a, a flat, flat fee per costume absolutely or just in general or just to have us you know um i had the privilege of working on a movie called kingsman well, two Kingsman movies. And the reason why I did that movie is the director owned the property and he invited me. He said, I, I'd like you to design this movie and to design a line of, of clothes to, that are, this is about gentlemen spies on Savile Row. And it's England. a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I, I've always wanted to be able to buy that costume that I see in the movie. So I want you simultaneously to design a line of um, men's suits that we will sell. And he had a partnership with this wonderful e-commerce site called Mr. Porter. So um, I did that as kind of a litmus test to see if if I, I, I mean, it was I was so thrilled Matthew Vaughn to, um, invited me into that equation. And I thought it was kind of a litmus test for myself and my colleagues to see if how it would work with kind of authenticating merchandise that we could really be engaged in. It was an incredible experience. I mean, they got to use me and market me, whereas, you know, you see all these famous actors like Colin Firth and Taryn Edgerton wearing the costumes, but I can talk about them in a, in a way that the studio doesn't have to engage the actor. So it was really, it can be done. Um, and the, you know, that was a, uh, a standalone experience, but it really was um, illuminating. And then just to add, um, I was asked to design a Broadway show based on Hedwig, the movie. Yep. And we went to Broadway in 2014, and that was a, a life-changing experience for me because in the union contract in theater, we own our designs. So every time a ticket is sold, on Broadway, I got a royalty, just like the lighting designer and the set designer. We were all on equal par. And what I can say, that experience, I'm actually working on a Broadway show right now, that experience um, permeates not only from that royalty check and the earning potential, but all the way I had the experience of being nominated for Tony. Having been nominated for an Oscar and nominated for Tony, I will say that the experience reflected, the Tony experience reflected my value in owning my costumes. It was mind blowing. And also just in terms of everyone in theater is on equal footing, the actors, the director, all the creative department heads. And you know, once you get a taste of that, 
um, that kind of equity. Um, it is really, uh, you know, something that I felt that it is the one thing that I can do is to advocate for my brothers and sisters in, um, in my union uh, to be on par, equal, not more, not less, but equal than production designers. Who has the power to fix this? Our union, producers in the studio. I mean, it could potentially result in a strike. I think there's so much, there's so much uh, passion about this right now. Yeah, we are, we're up for negotiations in 2024. We negotiate, I believe, every, I, I, don't quote me on it, but I think like every three years. So our next negotiation, we just had a negotiation that was really, um, you know, really dealing with the impact of COVID with our with the larger IATSE union and health and welfare. So um, we are taking this time to gather our assets and, you know, our support from, not only from the actors of which um, we have over a hundred uh, actor testimonials who've speaking to our value, but also to um, our other colleagues in the industry. And there are other, there are other women in other um, departments who uh, have similar issues. So we are speaking across the industry um, to kind of see if we can get a groundswell here as well as public opinion. And this is really coming out of our box. You know, we, as freelancers, we are really, um, and especially as women, we don't, aren't, haven't been comfortable talking about what we make and, um, not, and there's a, a level of privacy. So this is really about changing um, us, keeping, taking ourselves out of the shadows and, and coming together as a community. It's been really, really incredible to, to, to be part of, you know, as a freelancer, we never work with other costume designers. So being part of the pay equity committee is incredible. The support and, you know, the, the, the stories, you hear your own story repeated. It's been a very moving experience. How can we, the consumers, help you? Like, uh, what, what, what are the hashtags? Where do we go? Can I make sure that I'm buying? I mean, one, nobody goes out and buys Wonder Woman's living room. They're going out and buying their costume. So two, if I'm doing that, if I'm engaging as a consumer, are there ways for me to be more ethical in where I'm putting my dollars to make sure that they go to you? Or are we not even at that point yet? I don't think uh, we, we, uh, we, since we don't own our designs, there's nothing that you can do with your dollar, but you, um, social media is great. Our hashtags are CDG pay equity, CDG pay equity, CDG is costume designer guild. And then our other hashtag, which we love, which was created by costume designer, Nancy Steiner is naked without us. Hashtag I love that. Yeah. Which is the first oh. thing I thought when you said strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right now we're really in the, um, you know, the more that we get the opportunity to, to talk to people like you and, and explain our situation, it's really great for us to highlight not only what we do, but kind of how we do it and, and where we are at today. That's the best, the word, I think just talking about it. I was interviewed on uh, Purdue and I said, they said, when will this be, you know, be resolved? I said, when we no longer have to talk about it. 
yeah. is when it will be resolved. But I think talking about it is the best because you can't ask people to strike in these times with these gas prices. I mean, everyone has to feed their families, but you can spread the word, I think, by being articulate about it and talking about it as much as you can. Yeah, I mean, you. we look at movements. I mean, I don't think we would be here today if it wasn't for Time's Up and Me Too and, you know, just raising awareness and creating community. And, you know, let's face it, we got to create a shaming campaign here. You know, this is ridiculous, 2022. Let's do it. Jacqueline West and Ariane Phillips, the next time we have you on, all we want to do is talk about making costumes. That way we're going to have solved the problem and then we're just going to talk to you about your art and why you do what you do and why you love it. But until then, thank you for uh, for this fight. We are obviously in it with you. Um, thank, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show.